a playlist original. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. And take it from us, be careful what you wish for after, <laughs> I guess, months, feels like weeks, but months of lamenting over the lack of industry news, what with the strikes and whatnot. We have an absolute shower of news over the last week to, to give to you guys today so we got some stuff to rapid fire at you it's going to be a dense episode which is a good thing not to sound complainy but uh we have been kept busy over here during the last week uh and excited to bring you guys some industry news after months of a little bit of uh taking a step back it's great we're uh, we got a yeah. whole episode ahead yeah we had like a little bit of a lull because of the strikes and uh as you know we pivoted a lot with like a limited series and kind of grabbing whatever news we could find and then we recorded our weekly news recap last week and that went well it wasn't a ton of news but it was enough to like you know did what we did with it wet the whistle i guess yeah and, <laughs> and, and then, oh boy and, and then like the next day or i think it felt like the next day it was just like the beginning of this news started and then i sent uh jackson like i think like four stories in a row that I posted on G Reels. I was like, well, we have a lot to talk about next week. And that was only like four, three or four stories. And then after that, it just uh piled snowballed. on. Yeah, piled snowballed, on. exactly. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's award season, and then all these movies got announced, and uh all these <laughs> a megastar just signed a big deal with a major studio, and there's scandals in here there's too. Scandal, like, there's everything. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. a you know there's a, suddenly a 200 million dollar budget is going back to basics there's a lot going on yes <laughs> uh, we're excited uh, to bring it to you guys yeah um, uh so i guess we're gonna get right into it uh, yes lead us off i know we had uh some nominations coming out for various award seasons now the globes are behind us the emmys are tonight as of recording um, but we got some nominations from a few different guilds so yeah fill us in yeah let me uh i'm pulling it up right now so i'm just gonna uh I'm going to start with uh, the DGA because I was really, uh, you know, that, I was really interested who's going to make the five in the uh, Directors right. Guild. Uh, so who we got uh, for the 76th annual DGA Awards uh, for Best Director, it's Barbie's Greta Gerwig, Oppenheimer's Christopher Nolan, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos, Killers of the Flower Moon's Mars Scorsese, and The Holdovers, Alexander Payne. Nice for, for Alexander Payne to sneak in there. Yes, so they're up for the top pie fries. Uh, and then also uh, for first time feature uh, nominees, it's Core Jefferson for American Fiction, uh, Manuela Martin Martinelli for uh, Chile 76, Nora Nazarati for uh, Shadia, and uh, AV a- Rockwell for 1001, and Celine Song for Past Lives. Nice. Um, so, uh, how important are these DJ awards? Just to let you know, last year's film nominees or everything all at once directors daniel kwan and daniel uh the two daniels by, by the way uh tar director todd phil todd maverick director joseph kaczynski the banshee's Venetian director martin mcdonough and the fable steven spielberg the only person that missed best director at the oscars was joseph kaczynski from this group who uh the director of triangle of sadness ended up in the five uh for oscars so right. it is a pretty close because they're kind of those uh those voting bodies are a little similar so right. this could end up being your uh, five Oscar nominees for Best Director. Um, I'm guessing uh, my feeling when I saw it is that the one wild card here was Alexander Payne because I thought yeah, maybe I too because like some thought the upset was uh, Bradley Cooper missing it for mm. Maestro. I um, think he's thinking that right now. I know he I really wants. He 
The, I know he's he's still he's still the enemy of award season. Apparently, everyone was. I guess so. <laughs> you just gotta uh, not want it so bad, and then it'll come to you. It's one of those weird yeah. things, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually. This looks like, other than maybe Bradley Cooper being there, this kind of looks like the five I thought. Yeah, and I remember when we were talking about the holdovers, we were like, "What are uh, Alexander Payne's chances?" Uh, in that category, and we kind of were on the fence about it because we both liked the movie. But we just thought right. it was like a really packed year uh, for directors and like it would be hard to get in. But um, I'd say the first four are like etched in stone. Like I think anyone could have guessed those people were going to be nominated. Makes total sense. And yeah. then Alexander Payne definitely would have been on my list of like potential fifths. So I'm not surprised to hear he's on there. Now, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, um, but it is the reason I think like these guilds nominations uh, relate to the Oscar so much because they're made up of Academy voters, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, some uh, of them are. Yeah, and then so like the, so, directors like because like on in the academy, like directors will vote for in the directing category, producers right. will vote, and like yeah, so actors vote for actors, like all that. Uh, so, stuff. The, so that's why it could be very similar. Uh, and actually, Oscar voting I think ended today or tomorrow as oh, of this recording. Nice uh, nominations so, in a couple uh, weeks or yeah, no a so week a week a yeah. week. Yeah. So this um. So that's why it, the correlation is like pretty close. Like the only person that, in fact, the only person that missed it last year was, you know, Top Gun Mavericks director is, right. you know, shows you how close they actually are. Um, I'm okay with this five though. I, you know, I still haven't seen Poor Things. That's the only person's movie on this I, list I haven't uh, seen I yet. Yeah. And, I uh, have yet to see a few, but Poor Things I'm yeah. desperately trying to see. I don't know if it's going to come my way over here in New Brunswick, but which is unfortunate, but. Definitely going to see it before it's undoubted Oscar campaign. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's good to see Greta Gerwig there. I mean, hey, this happens every year. A lot of people, you know, I follow a few, you know, women and are uh, either in our Hollywood Creative Alliance or just other journalists who named off a few women that could have made the cut to who made really good movies. And they that uh, Celine Song is one that they really wanted in this list. She is on, on the first time director's uh, right. nominations, which I think is also a good thing. But, um, you know, they've been, Past Lives has been part of this conversation for so long. I mean, they, uh, A24 started that campaign like a long time ago. And mm -hmm. um, it's been like this kind of like little engine that could during award season. Um, but, you know, I still think, I still think it's just a competitive year. And yeah, uh, exactly. I, you know, I, there were some people that thought Greta Gerwig could miss this list, and I was like, "Oh, she did. They're gonna riot." Ooh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the I mean, she made a she made a good movie. I mean, not I mean, more than good movie. And if she didn't make the list, it would have been uh, pretty disappointing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just adding to the whole like you know, uh, old white men only making the cut. <laughs> so right. there, there you go. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I had to guess, just you know, off the top of my head right now, who's taking it? Who I think will take it all the way to the Oscars? It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I and I would love to see it. I know you would love to see it. Certainly, um, so, he's overdue. So, so hopefully, um, and then the other guilds that uh, we can talk about that also kind of relate uh, to the Oscars in some fashion: the PGA, which is like the Producers Guild of America Awards. Um, their nominees for best, uh, you know, picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, The Zone of Interest, Past Lives, and Poor Things as well. As well. Okay, so, so they have nine nominations. I wasn't yes. sure how many they put down. Okay, that's a healthy list right there. That's a lot of. Uh, actually, really happy to see Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazier's movie from last year, get in there. 
I have not seen yeah. that. That is one of my imminent watches. Um, so very excited for that movie to sneak in. I think it's going to be nominated for foreign language as well yeah. as in some other uh, award shows. Yeah, and you watched yeah. Anatomy of Fall. I saw that you graded it yes. on Letterboxd. Yeah, um, and I just realized that Sandra Huller is stars in both of those movies. I didn't know yeah. until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that movie, and I thought she was great. Um, Zone of Interest I, or Anatomy of a Fall? Yeah, no, Anatomy of a uh, Fall. Okay, yeah, I really, she was I really liked incredible. It. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Everywhere, around, um, everyone's Sean in that movie, but she, I think, was a standout performance. But yeah, no, very happy yeah. with that one. And by the way, I just watched American Fiction as well. I, I haven't shouted it out enough. It's really good. It's really funny. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's crazy how like it's it's not in many theaters right now. I have a screener for it. Um, I think it's only made like five million dollars domestic. Really? Uh, okay. It's a really small movie, but it's uh, incredibly funny, and the cast is really great, and Jeffrey Wright is amazing in it. Um, could it might I'm still finalizing top ten. It might make it. I don't know yet. Okay. But, nice I, I might we'll see we'll see i will be excited um, to get my hands on that when i can jeffrey wright i've always loved him i'm excited to see him in like a real leading role performance i've seen him in a couple leads before but this seems like really his time to shine so good for him um and last year the pga honored everything everywhere all at once uh which took home the oscar two weeks later so um this is a good indication of, of who right. wins it. They might take it home at the Academy Awards. And depending on how many movies uh, they choose to uh, nominate at the Oscars, because they can do up to 10, right. um, you know, this could be our list as well. So I, um, I don't, I, some people thought the list was boring. I thought it was like, well, this kind of, that was pretty much all the movies that people have been talking about all right. 2023 as like, some of their favorites and mm-hmm. uh and then like we said like past lives made it in there too i think past lives will probably depending on how many they pick i still think it might squeeze in an oscar nomination for best picture uh right because people have been championing for it for a very very long time so um what are your thoughts on that list of movies i think it's going to be a carbon copy of the oscars uh nominations pretty list pretty much yep 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 would be surprised if any of those don't make it what about SAG? What nominations did we get? All right, SAG nominations. So, best cast ensemble is American Fiction, uh, The Color Purple, which kind of boosted its Academy Award chances as well, but it didn't make PGA, so there's that, okay, as well. Uh, Barbie Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. There is a lot of debate because, like, I, there is like a quota for how many the SAG ensemble can actually award for this award. Um, a lot of people were upset because um, the majority of the white cast in Killers of the Flower Moon, if they win, would win that ensemble award, and some of the you know indigenous cast members would not because they right. don't qualify for uh, you know in the credits how they need to qualify for the SAG award, which right. a lot of people think they should change that. Um, I also heard that uh, I always forget how to pronounce his last name, but he was Han Solo. He's in Oppenheimer. Uh, Alden. Alden uh, Aaron Reich, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think he just misses the cut. In Oppenheimer to Aww. be part of the cast ensemble, even though he's in like it's not like he's in a lot of the movie, but I thought it bookends it to warrant, nicely, yeah, yeah, to warrant that. So I, and then when I saw them at the Critics Choice Awards with it because they won cast ensemble there, it seems like you know he's a you know considered a big part of that cast and like a big you know they all get along really well too. So nice. I don't know the amount of screen time he had. I would think that he would be able to be considered for the cast ensemble award, but I guess. Uh, not, I mean, it is a pretty big, it's a pretty big cast, so they can't give it to everyone. Uh, yeah, if, exactly. If they, if they were to win, um, 
I was I was rooting. I thought Barbie could win this war just because it's a fun ensemble cast movie, right? But I but I'm thinking Oppenheimer is going to take this one too. Okay, um, that's just my thoughts on that. And then best female uh, uh, lead actor, uh, female actor in a leading role, Emma Stone, Poor Things, uh, Lily Gladstone, Comes with Our Moon, uh, net bidding for the Nyad. That's a swimming movie <laughs> that right. keeps popping up. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro and Margot Robbie for Barbie. Pretty much in line with what you thought. Uh, and that bidding being the wild card, a lot of people wanted Sandra Huller from Anatomy of Politics. About to say that, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then uh, skipping TV, female actor in a supporting role, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, Divine Joy, Randolph, The Holdovers, Emily Blunt, uh, Oppenheimer, Jodie Foster, the same swimming movie, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yep. Penel- and Penelope Cruz for Ferrari. So, like, we were, nice. I was talking to you because I said, because I, you liked it more than I did, um, right. but. I did say I'm so surprised that she hasn't been a part of that conversation during the war season because she is are. really good in it. Like yeah. she's extremely good. Like she's probably one of my favorite things about the movie. If I had to name, I, it's something. a scene stealing performance when she's on screen. But, she you're watching her for sure. Even that's a um, it's like a good Adam Driver performance, right? And if she, uh, the Academy loves her. Actors love her. So that that's why they think that she got in. Uh, they She could take that fifth spot too on Oscar nomination uh, day uh, in that category. It's a toss up between her. America Ferrera is another one that could take that spot for Barbie. Mm-hmm. She has a really good, you know, big monologue in that movie that people love. Um, but, you know, Divine Joy Randolph has won pretty much everything. Yeah, I, in think, the support. It's a lock. Yeah. <laughs> I think she is taking it. Uh, and then male actor in a leading role, uh, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Coleman Domingo, Rustin, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. I can mix in, to make it easier, to mix in what happened here and with the Critics' Choice Awards last night. Right, uh, yeah, I think it's down to two for sure. Paul Giamatti won lead actor uh, last yeah. night from Critics' Choice. Now, at the Golden Globes, Killian Murphy won... Uh, Best Actor Drama, and then he won Best Actor in Musical Comedy. Right, so they weren't uh, and, competing. And so they weren't competing, and now I think uh, so many people don't think it's definitely... They've already count Bradley Cooper out. He, I felt like he was in the mix, and then now they're like, no, I think it's between these two guys now. Right. And what's crazy is that they're both deserving, and they have put in a lot of work over the years, and it would be nice to see either one of them win. I really don't know who I personally are rooting for more, because I actually like both actors, and I like both performances, and it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to choose. I think Paul Giamatti is more overdue than Killian Murphy. I think like Paul has had more shots at the title than Killian has had, and this is really Killian's yeah. first big moment. I think he'll yeah. have more Oscar-worthy performances in him than Paul Giamatti will, just considering their age and longevity yeah. and whatnot. So like, it's either of theirs to lose, but like, I would have to give a slight edge to Paul. I think I want Killian to win because like I'm biased towards Oppenheimer. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, regardless, whoever's name is called, uh, it makes no difference to me. I'm excited for either of them. I think it'll be down to either of them, though. I don't think I think it's down to them too. Have a chance. Well. Um, and let's see. Uh, male actor in a supporting role uh, nominations: Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Willem Dafoe, Poor Things, Shirley K. Brown, American Fiction, Ryan Gosling, Barbie. Robert Downey Jr. has been winning a lot of the major ones lately, and I kind of yep. think this is he, he won the Critics' Choice uh, for Best Supporting Actor last night. Gave okay. a really funny, really funny speech reading uh, his past bad reviews from critics uh, for, for his second speech. I thought it was really, really funny, um, and like I think he's long overdue too. I mean, when you think about like his, 
just he, you know, he went through a lot. I mean, he was, mm -hmm. as you probably know, he got in a lot of trouble, a lot, a lot of trouble back in the day. He was crazy yeah. addicted to drugs and it nearly ruined his entire career. And then he, you know, rebounded from that and uh, mm -hmm. got clean. And now he's one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. And what I think you... they won award him now at this point. Yeah, when work. you think about it, though, like I'm just thinking about this now, his comeback started 16 years ago, 17, if you consider Zodiac <laughs> in 2007. Like, I think he's right, well right. behind that, <laughs> the, that drama and controversy. Like the guy, the guys, you know, give him all the awards that he earns. But like, right. I, I kind of can't help but feel like that side of his career is like so far in the past at this point that it's like funny that it's you're gone like, up. I think you're like you don't want to make that the story. Like, if, if, you know how like everyone has like right. their Oscar story. Like, Hey, like, like last year was Brendan Frazier and like, yeah. You know, hey, like, look at this guy. Look at that. Come that was a right. comeback actually. That's that felt a comeback. Like a true comeback. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Robert, Dye, I mean, he's been nominated uh, three times. Oh, it will be three because nominated for Oppenheimer. He, he was nominated for playing Charlie Chaplin in the early nineties and he was nominated for Tropic Thunder. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's not like he's not, it's not like he hasn't been here before. And you're right. right. But I think the fact that he could win is what, uh, people are latching on to as like, oh, finally he could win. And um, I hope he does. But I, I, I hope, I, I hope he does too. And I actually agree with you on that though. Like, you know, his, his comeback story started a long time ago. I think it's um, time he, to get over that. And, 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 and honestly, he has starred in several box office hits, most of them courtesy of Marvel. But if you want to count the Sherlock Holmes movies too, those made a lot of money yeah. as well. He's been, he's been able to do big blockbusters while also doing projects like that are a little bit smaller that uh, you know show off his actually i thought it was interesting though he uh they did that actors roundtable thing and he said it some of his best work that he thinks he's done has been in those marvel movies but they don't he doesn't think right. that they get that acknowledgement because of the type of movies that they are and i thought that was really big of him to say that because he easily been like no they're just paycheck you know big budget right. movies and he's like no actually if you watch the character work in it it is some of his best work probably you know yeah overall as an actor because you actually see an evolution there with you know how he started as tony stark and where he right. ends up um but yeah i agree with you i think it's like i, I don't want to call it a comeback story it's like he's been here so long it's just it's, you just yeah. like you find you deserve, it, you deserve happened. it yeah yeah if you deserve it for you you worked with a great director that brought not even the best out of you you've always been good so i don't even know how to label it i mean he just, just should win because he's an anomaly <laughs> yeah i agree. yeah 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 and then uh let's skip here let's get sorry there's like a bunch of tv stuff uh and then uh actually i want to i want to mention the whole lead act leading actress thing too because it happened uh last night where lily gladstone was, was nominated uh for crit a critic's choice and so was emma stone emma stone right. won lily gladstone right. has been winning a lot of pre precursors leading up to the oscars and now they think it's down to those two girls um, mm -hmm. as well. I mean, Carrie Mulligan's been getting good reviews for Maestro, and like, uh, but I think it, like in the, in the case of like lead actor with Paul Giamatti and Killian Murphy, I think it's down to Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone, uh, and, and they mirror each other too. One one uh, one of them won Best Actress Drama at the Globes last week. The other one won Best Actress Musical Comedy. Same thing with Giamatti and Murphy, right? Um, so what we're saying is, I don't even know for those two categories who I would fill in for my Oscar ballot as it got closer. So <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you're tough. if you're having if you're having an Oscar party and you are trying to figure out like who you should vote for as the winner, um, I don't know because I I if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have 
easily picked one person over the other in both those categories. Mm -hmm. I would have picked Lily Gladstone and I would have picked uh, Killian Murphy without even questioning it. And now, I don't know. Time will tell. I know I'm interested to see what I my prediction is too. I think I need to see poor things first. Like I'm a little, you know, out of the loop there. I've I've seen Lily Gladstone's performance. At, we're in the same boat there, but not having yeah. seen Emma Stone. So I don't really have a dog in that fight yet. But and she's great in Killers of the Fire Moon. I mean, it's like she she does some really understated work, but then she has some pretty emotional moments too that I thought very were much good. so. Like yeah, um, you know, this one person on Twitter today was like. Uh, I wish she would have gone supporting so that Emma and her could win. Because mm. if, if I think if I wonder if Lily Gladstone wasn't supporting, it would be more of a race between her and Divine Joy Randolph. It right. would be a guarantee. But you know, there's a bit we had a debate on here whether or not her performance is supporting or if it's a lead. Uh, she is the female lead, but mm -hmm. is she supporting the male lead actor in the movie? So yeah, I mean. Viola Davis did it when she did Fences. Like she was clearly the right. female lead opposite Denzel, but she went supporting and she won in that category. Right. So I don't know. I, you know, it either I mean, either would be great. People love Emma Stone, and then uh, people have been you know praising Lily Gladstone. Who a lot of people being like, hey, you know, she's in other movies that you need to look up to that she's great in. So mm -hmm. like a lot of people are just discovering her for the first time or rediscovering right. her, and then Emma Stone is just like a you know she's a likable you know, movie star and she's a great actress on top of that. So right. It won't be going you won't go wrong either way. I no, think. I, I don't think so. Um and then just uh rattle off other ones. Uh Christopher Nolan won Best Director last night at the Critics Choice Awards. Yep. Uh no shock Oppenheimer, there. Oppenheimer won Best Picture. Uh Barbie won Best Original Screenplay. There was a big debate because some of these weren't even televised. Like Best Original Screenplay wasn't uh, a lot of the technical really? awards weren't weren't televised. Um, a Barbie won Best Comedy that wasn't televised, but Chelsea Handler, who hosted the show, because they had a lot, they had time left, was like, "Hey, like, you guys come up here, up here and accept your Best Comedy Award, like, on stage on television, like you should." Right. And so, like, so Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie got to uh, kind of shout out, you know, Barbie again, and just thanking everyone for supporting it, and. Um, America Ferrera was they gave her the see her award, which is like for representation for women and girls in movies. Um, okay, this one guy, this one guy who is actually votes, he's an academy uh voter on uh that I follow. And he was like, There are a lot of Oscar voters in that audience, and her speech was so good that they were like, If she got <laughs> like got, got to them with that speech, they right. could actually make her enter that five, like she could maybe upset knockout Penelope Cruz or whatever. Yeah, right. It's like, it's weird. It's cause it's a, it's a, it's a good performance, right? But it's a performance that's built on what she'd be nom nominated for would be one scene. And it's that monologue that she has about right. uh, how women are, you know, viewed and treated in society and, and all that. It's really well written and it's really well delivered. Like she delivers it. Like when mm -hmm. I remember when I saw the movie, I was like, Oh, if it's a weak field, I think she can get in not to like discredit her talent, but it, you know, it's not right. as showy as the other performances are. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, he was like, yeah, there were a lot of people in that room that were voting, uh, you know, and they're not done voting yet. If they, if right. they loved her speech, they could just change right there to get her in. So we shall see. But that's, I yes. think that was all that. Like, and then Oppenheimer won a bunch of technical awards as well, like editing. Of course. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah, some, yeah. Some Soundtrack, right? Score. Uh, score, uh, score oh, rather. I, yeah. It's I, I, I'm, score. Just, I'm, I'm just kidding. One best original song. So there, I mean, Oh, okay, uh, nice. 
so cool. Uh, every time they kept cutting to Ryan Gosling, and they're like, "Man, every time they cut to him, he's like, I'm gonna really have to perform this at the Oscars, aren't I?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he like fully fully realizes that he might have to, but um, it'll be fun. He seems like he. I seen like I think he enjoys playing that character. And he really enjoyed doing the movie, so I don't think he'll shy away from doing it if no. they want him to do it. The guy's a performer. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's uh, the entire awards uh, roundup that I can kind of think Okay. Of. Well, we got some rapid yep. fire too with the uh, looking at the list here of stuff we got to get through. So I'll start here with uh, <laughs> into some other news here. Um, fans of the Star Wars show The Mandalorian will be excited to know that um, supposedly there is a movie in development called The Mandalorian and Grogu. Don't know who came up with that name, but there's some lack of creativity there majorly. <laughs> Uh, John Maybe Favreau they'll change currently. it. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. That's a working like the, title. They should, a working title, exactly. Like, come on. Um, but currently, John Favreau, uh, big Star Wars director, and even outside of the Star Wars universe, fantastic director, uh, is sitting yeah. in the director's chair right now. What are your quick thoughts on that? Um, what I, well, I think we talked a long time ago, back when you, I think, first hopped on here, uh, which we'll reminisce on uh, on another episode. But yeah. Uh, the Star Wars has worked really well, like on streaming TV. Like I, the last few movies weren't that great for me, but I actually, at least see, I haven't watched like all of the Mandalorian. But what I've watched, I've enjoyed. Um, I okay. actually like the Obi Wan. I actually finished the Obi Wan series too. I, I like that. It's had a, it's more consistent so far on streaming than they have been on the big screen lately. Right. So that I actually was comp. I felt good about it in that regard. But then I was like, I hope this isn't just gonna be some kind of like almost like long TV episode that's adapted for film. And right. that was my kind of concern with it. And I also thought it was interesting that, cause you know, they always like announce star Wars projects and then cancel them and then announce them and then cancel them. Right. But they said that the Mandalorian uh, Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing film development slate. So that'll be the first one we get. Okay. Uh, and and we're going to get other projects uh, directed by Dave Filoni and James Mangold as well. Okay, um, and and that it's going into production later this year. I, I I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, but I mean, I it seemed like good news for Star Wars fans. They seem pretty stoked that like this is the one that's going to go to the big screen. Um, I'm I'm a Star Wars fan in the sense that Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but I'm not a diehard star wars fan and... i'm in the same boat i love the original trilogy the prequels have aged well i think almost everything outside of that i don't care about at all and no. the trajectory of star wars over the last few years i'm at this point where like it's dug so deep a hole of itself like i don't even know if it can come back under its current leadership so like this didn't really mean anything for me this news i know um i'm assuming you didn't get to season three of, of mandalorian is that where you no, tapered off yeah that's where i tapered off and then it, i was looking at like twitter everyone's like oh it got it went so woke that's not why i'm not watching it but i was like that's not no good. but like regardless <laughs> a massive uh, massive um uh ratings dip and quality yep. dip in that show um even like i think the seeds of that were sown in, in season two so just to help that argument but i i think of uh, a movie though regardless of what i think of star wars i think a movie is a bet like I think the first couple seasons of the Mandalorian work. I do think a movie treatment is something that would be uh, good to get audience, you know, to culminate like good, good favor yeah. with star Wars fans. I think people are a fan of the Mandalorian character right. and uh, Grogu too is obviously, I mean, no secret. He's a big marketing ploy for star Wars, but <laughs> oh, baby, uh, I think that universe, <laughs> that uh, um, relationship is something that 
is good to be explored on the big screen. So I think it's a good move, whether or not it's going to pan out and be a good movie, I think remains to be seen. I don't think right. that those characters alone necessarily equal a good movie, but we'll Box see. I think John Favreau is a good person to, that's, to have that's make what that I, movie. That is what I feel confident about is that they got him at least. And, and he's he made a the good season of that, sh- that show. It yeah, tapered off when he left the director's chair for the show. loves the IP. So like there's, you know, there's that. And then yeah. him and Dave Filoni together as like a creative team is really good as well. Yeah, Dave so. Filoni also loves and cares for the IP and does what he can to, you know, to make it yeah. work. Uh, he's a little I, bit I, hindered. I know, I know some people that saw that Kathleen Kennedy is still like, you know, she's still the head of that and she's not going anywhere, guys. So, well, I, I, have, I, I will yeah. be. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. We're yeah. going to get on that too <laughs> in, our, in our next episode. And I actually have a uh, point yeah. to bring up about that. But for now, she is currently the head of Lucasfilm overseeing that. Yeah project and a couple other ones that we haven't talked about yet um and yeah. i don't think they're slated to talk about today but i'm sure in the future um there are yeah. star wars movies in development that we will no doubt cover but uh yeah, yeah so sure. fans of the mandalorian you guys got some good news and like you said slated and to start production production soon, this year this yeah. year yeah right so, yeah and that'll be apparently that'll be the first movie we get and which is so crazy because like they announced so many other ones in the past like like taika right td had one kevin feige had one at one point patty jenkins had one at one point they all right. i think I think Tyka's is still in development, but Kevin oh. Feige's is done. Patty Jenkins's is done. There's been the so many. Uh, the guys from Game of Thrones guys. Yeah, yeah they, they, they had one. There's uh, their show concept or their movie trilogy concept was awesome. It's something that I would like. Yeah, I actually like the idea that yeah. they finally, when they said, I think there's a news because they were promoting a Netflix show that they're doing. Right. And I was like, and he said they weren't interested in going in that direction. I was like, of course, the most interesting direction to go in. They were like, no, nah, we don't want to do that. I know. Um, Who cares about the, honestly, like the, the Skywalker saga has been done to death at this point. Their, uh, their planned trilogy would have focused on the very first Jedi. Like that is yeah. so awesome. Like, I definitely wish that had have panned out. And I, I mean, I secretly don't care because they ruined Game of Thrones to make that series. And <laughs> it blew up in their face, so fuck them. But that yeah. story, regardless of who helms it, I think would be a good direction for Star Wars to go. I don't think there's more to tell in the Skywalker saga. But anyway, conversation for another day. What yeah. is up next? It uh, looks like we got... Well, we got the a Tom Cruise story with layers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I was... He signed a... I, I originally thought that he had an exclusive deal with Paramount. I guess he doesn't. He doesn't have an exclusive deal with anyone. That's how big of an actor he is. Like he can just Tom like, Cruise does what he make, wants. <laughs> wants, yeah. So, but he's made the last few of his movies with Paramount. I mean, they, you know, they've done the Top Gun movies together, the Mission Impossible movies together. Um, but he signed a deal with Warner Brothers uh, to produce uh, original and franchise films that he will also star in uh it's not the first time that he's worked with warner brothers he had done the edge of tomorrow and then also rock of ages the last samurai magnolia eyes wide shut interview with the vampire risky business and the outsiders were all with warner brothers um, okay so, so i thought this signaled like uh oh he must be not happy with paramount but then like a day or two later they they said that Top Gun 3 is in development at Paramount. Oh and, my god. And that and that they're actively writing it and he's a part of it. And it might and, and there's they're saying there's directions where they could focus on Glenn Powell's characters more and Miles Taylor's characters more, and maybe Tom Cruise isn't so much the lead. Um, okay. But um what I gathered from this is he also has that 
outer space movie he's gonna do with Universal. I, I was gonna <laughs> ask what studio is doing that because that's what Doug Lee you know, yeah, uh, yeah, directing, right? It's doing yeah. that movie. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. I'm not even trying to sound ages. I'm just saying, like, he, he's 61, so I'm guessing he has a lot. I, there's a. I don't know when this stuff kicks in. I mean, you sign like one deal, and then he he's still finishing up Mission Impossible Eight. I really thought that maybe he was upset with their rollout for seven and that he wanted to jump ship and go somewhere else because he was of, really upset with, with how yeah. they like kind of released it. And you remember the whole thing of the IMAX theory. screens. Um, well, but if he is, if I'm, he's doing Top Gun three with Paramount, then maybe he doesn't have a bad working relationship with them. And again, that's not like he hasn't confirmed that he's doing Top Gun three. It's just, oh, it was, oh, this is a it was rumor. A, well, it was a, it was a rumor, but then all the trades picked it up. Hollywood Reporter picked it up. Variety. Hollywood Reporter said that the movie actually has been in development since last fall, and okay. that which and I sense. think, yeah. and it feels like they kind of like almost wanted to announce this after the Warner Brothers stuff, Paramount to be like, well, uh, we also have him for this, right? And either that way, we don't know, we, we don't know when his deal, uh, when he, I mean, they say he's going to start as soon as possible with Warner Brothers, but he's also busy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm busy just doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I know one of the things they want him to do is Edge of Tomorrow too. That's what Warner Brothers really wants him to focus on. I would love for him because some of those movies in that list, uh, Magnolia, Interview with the Vampire. That's when he used to like really like act, you know, and not right. And he wasn't just <laughs> yeah. a glorified glorified action star. Uh, I would love for him to do original films that weren't like franchise movies, and he actually like pushed like himself as an actor again, and you know, give us another Collateral or something. Uh, yeah, that kind there of you go. performance. Um, but what do you think about him having? I mean, you know, what? I'll just say this I think this proves that he is the biggest movie star in Hollywood, though, to have yep. this kind of deal and to have it not be an exclusive deal where they were like, Hey, you're just working with us, right? That he can be like that, he can go into there and be like, Hey, I'll, I'll work with you, but I'm also going to work with them <laughs> and anyone else I want to work with. Um, so that's a good thing, but yeah. I also it just seems like a lot on his plate, and I don't know when all this stuff is going to get done. I guess I think he just lined up like a decade's worth of work for him because especially that Doug Lehman movie that where he's filming in space has been talked about for two or three years now. We haven't seen anything about that that's still in production. Uh, yeah. Another Top Gun movie would take a couple of years probably to make this original movies with Warner Brothers. Like that's a lot of work over a lot of years. And you only got so much time. I don't yeah. actually as much as I love I love the original Top Gun. I like Top Gun Maverick even more. And it sounds like uh, like counterintuitive to say but like i don't want another top gun story at least not this i don't either it's clearly such a it, uh, it, it a ended gimmick. so well to like it wrapped up it's that a, story it's a so financial well. movie yeah yeah, it, yeah exactly they wrapped up the story great like i feel like you're just jeopardizing the story going forward it's only made because top gun 2 was uh the highest like gross 1.5 billion dollars yeah so it's just so and like contrasting that to top gun maverick which took uh Jesus, 36 years in between <laughs> movies. Yeah. Like, and that they clearly waited for an actual story to to unveil itself and took to the make time it, to tell to make it, it worth it. And yeah. it worked beautifully with it. Went out, I, there's not a bad thing you can say about that movie. I just think they are opening Pandora's box with this. And it's just so clearly motivated by finances, which is the nature of the industry. It's no secret, but it's still like annoying to see. So I'm not like happy yeah. by that news by any means. I like that Warner Brothers original movies deal that he signed that's great and by the way warner brothers needs good news so like when i heard that he did this, i was <laughs> yeah. like warner brothers warner brothers has like been so sloppy under david zaslov so i was like this is at least smart if you're gonna uh, get in line with 
one of the biggest movie stars in the world and like good that's move, smart sure. and yeah. and then and like you know he is someone that cares about uh the movie making process and putting out a good product so that that was a step in the right direction uh they actually have two steps yeah. in the right direction for the news that we're talking about because they're they're part of a like another project too that's on our list but like i i thought that was good news for them and i thought it was good news for tom cruise i thought maybe but like i said i thought it signaled like a bad blood thing with paramount and that he was thinking of like right. you know entertaining like hey the court meets somewhere else that kind of thing like right. maybe doing like a chris christopher nolan or something like hey i, well, I was i felt at home I, here now i want to try somewhere else but was it paramount that paramount did um oppenheimer as well right no or they did uh, universal did universal, universal did. did okay well yeah. It, it yeah which might make sense i because he was definitely pissed about Paramount's scheduling of uh, IMAX theaters and giving it to uh, to Oppenheimer, so that might make sense that there's a falling out there pun yeah. there for Mission Impossible fans. But um, <laughs> yeah, that, that could make sense. I don't know why I can never remember what studio made Oppenheimer. Jesus Christ, I'm going to get it down pat eventually. Um, and I I also don't want to, uh, the yeah I don't want Top Gun three. I I guess the only way I would accept it is if like he wasn't in it. I mean I don't even know. Like I mean, if you're just going to focus on Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. Uh, if you want to spin it off, I guess I don't know. That seems like right. an idea. Maybe I could get down with. I don't but, see like, how Tom gets back in a jet and shoots down fighter pilots anymore. <laughs> exactly. I just don't see a. St- I would like. I I love that, but I don't know yeah. how you can make that into a story at this point, right? Like, what's yeah. he gonna do? Unless you make him admiral of the, you yeah. know, Pacific Fleet, like after Iceman's but, death. But I don't think he's in that position story wise. But, but I to, guess so that makes sense. If I played devil's advocate did we really think top gun maverick was going to be what it was either i mean that's I okay that's a great yeah, counterpoint but, but 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 also i mean we probably shouldn't like test the waters too much <laughs> you exactly know, just, i what, yeah i think it was lightning yeah. in a bottle honestly yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. um all right what next, we got next story got for you i want to hear your opinion yay or nay mm-hmm. for this uh it's just a one-liner uh, David Bruckner to direct a reimagining of the Blob, which I think is like a fifties monster movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. might have had a couple of adaptations. Uh, yeah, made in the fifties. I think there's a sequel to that one, and then they remade it again in the eighties. Uh, okay. Actually, I can give. Yeah, released in 1958 and stars Steve McQueen in his first leading role. No, Larry way. Hagman. Larry Hagman remade the film in 1972's Beware the Blob, and Chuck Russell directed the second remake in 1988. Chuck Russell actually directed A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. That's I love okay. that movie. We've talked, yeah, that's we've a, talked about it a lot. Oh, classic, <laughs> definitely. Uh, um, but I know how you... F- so, I love... I actually liked The Night House. I thought that was a really good movie. I was indifferent on David Bruckner's Hellraiser uh Oh, did he do 2022? Whatever. Yeah, he did that. Uh... And Oh, he did the ritual from 2017. I, I was needed to yeah, know where yeah. I know this name from. I love the ritual, yeah. and he did a segment so, of uh, VHS as well. VHS. So, like, I, he's been more hit than miss. I think I didn't love. Okay. I didn't love Hellraiser, but um, nor did I. I don't even know if I liked it. But um, uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it feels like something that if it needed to be remade or reimagined, um, the last one was in 1988. There's, I mean, I guess now would be a good time to do it i'm not that's, totally against it i'm also not right. like a you know a, a big blob stand or something so <laughs> i can't well, really i'm not I, the dog in the fight really yeah i've never seen any the blob properties at all however my initial thoughts to this um are actually kind of positive i think this could be a movie that like maybe it doesn't 
Hey, well, I think, yeah, we're going on 40 years between the last movie. Like, I think that's kind of cool to reimagine and bring back to modern audiences and maybe inspire people to watch the original because I know the 50s version is in its, you know, has its own merits. I've never seen it, yeah. but Stephen Queen, first leading role, that's pretty cool for film history. Yeah. Uh, um, it also became a huge cult classic uh, for its effective visual effects and B-horror aesthetic. Um, in case you guys don't know what it's about, it tells the story of an amorphous alien life form that descends upon a rural Pennsylvania town and begins consuming anyone it comes into contact with. The alien, an expanding mass of red <laughs> uh, material, grows as it eats it and is strong enough to pull human victims into itself from all directions. Um, there for a long for a long time, the cover art for the 1988 remake used to scare me because it's just like a picture, uh, I guess, of the blob and like a human face that looks like it's trying to come out of it. And the guy has like red eye. It's like a really freaky looking uh, poster. That was like my uh, one exposure to. I think I saw the 88 one like, a long time ago when I was a kid. Oh. But I've never really revisited it at all um, since then. All I mean, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I don't necessarily know if this is will be their approach. It definitely should be, but go practical over CGI. If they make it practically, yeah, uh, effects wise, I think that could be a recipe for success and it would, you know, be a creative challenge too, but uh, we'll see, I suppose. I don't really know much about David Bruckner's approach to effects, but I hope he leans um, practically because that would be really cool. Definitely harder than to do it on CGI no. with computers, but agreed. I guess we'll see. Let's we'll see. Um, I'm gonna. I don't see it on here, but I'm just gonna go just real quick on the on the horror train. Uh, keep yep. it going a little bit, which was uh, Danny Boyle and Alice Garland are doing a sequel to 28 Days Later. Yes, uh, and officially teaming up for a sequel to it. Uh, Boyle and Garland. So Boyle directed the first one, and Garland uh, wrote the first film. Uh, they're reteaming for 28 years later, a new zombie thriller that is expected to hit studio streamers and other potential buyers later uh this week so that was last week when this news dropped uh the hope is that it's the start of a new trilogy according to reports um now there is already a follow-up to 28 days later called 28 weeks later which actually star jeremy renner in one of his like earlier uh roles yeah, and Rose uh, Byrne as well. yeah as well um uh, not bad either. I actually like 28 uh, weeks later. I don't More of an American personal, but... movie, but it's yeah, not it's very yeah, days, definitely but, it's yeah. definitely Hollywoodized. Um, yeah, big time. But, but it's fun. Uh, the helicopter sequence is sick. Yeah. Uh, for this new trilogy, they're looking at a budget for each movie that would be in the 75 million dollar range for each movie. Um, okay. And Boyle, and Boyle is attached to direct the first installment, and Garland will be writing all three as well. Um, okay. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, differently than if you had asked me that two minutes ago, because only now am I realizing that it's a, a planned trilogy because of fucking course it is. Like, can't just make one movie these days. <laughs> like, this has been a long talked about sequel, like since Weeks came out, like in what, 2008 or whatever, whatever 2007? Uh, 2007, 2007, yeah. So like, that is awesome that it's being made. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see that being made. And it's just kind of cool to see something that's been talked about on the internet for so long actually be in development. And for both Danny Boyle and Alex Garland to partner up on it is pretty neat too. Um, I love Danny Boyle as a director and I love Alex Garland as both a writer and director. 
but yeah. a trilogy like there's another uh, story that we're going to be getting to in a minute that is going to completely <laughs> prove why that's a terrible why you idea. don't why you don't plan why you don't plan ahead like that like don't that, put the carriage <laughs> in front of the horse like do a movie yeah. at a time i don't know why this is catching steam and being such they a get, trend they get days. so trigger happy with especially when they oh get the my god something, they're like you don't even know there's I mean, a market and, and for this the, anymore. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with mapping out a long-term story because, of course, if, if, like fans who are uh, familiar with Scream, at least the original ones, Kevin Williamson had like an outline at least for what would have been three movies. Now those that concept changed over time, right? But like when he wrote Scream, he actually wrote treatments for Scream Two and Scream Three, but not as like a you know, it's different. Like you have that idea in your head, and if that movie is a hit, then like you have a treatment for your sequel. You're like, hey, I have this idea. Now that this movie has come out, it's done its business. I can focus right. now on making the sequel, and then this third film. You don't just like announce out the gate, like, hey, we're gonna make three, right. <laughs> and not knowing how people are gonna even feel about your first movie. Right. Um, so that was my concern too when I heard the. Even though I think Danny Boyle and. Alex Garland are in a better position than this other person that we'll talk about later right. uh, in, that, in, that, in, in that regard. But I still, I don't, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I Hollywood, they get ahead of themselves. It seems so like the new like, trend in the 2010s. It was the break the third part of the trilogy into two movies trend. And now we're getting yeah. a plan, a trilogy before you even have one movie made. Well, it's like trend. studios are like thinking it on like a, they think about this long-term financial plan, like, oh, how long will yeah. this, if we, especially when they grab the IP that they just get it, right? If they just purchased it, like, oh, like, well, how can we, right. you know, how can we leverage this out across, like, this many years, across exactly. this much merchandise? Like, and, you know, that was the thing with, uh, you know, the other movie we're going to talk about later is that it was, it was more than just those movies. It was also merchandising and theme parks. And, like, they were thinking all that stuff before they even thought about, like, putting, like, you know, pin the paper on a, the first movie <laughs> yeah exactly um also like the 2010s were honestly like the, no secret to say that they were the renaissance of the zombie uh subgenre and i think it was honestly kind of done to death by the end of the decade that's not to say there's not still good zombie movies that you can be made but i don't think like it has this you know nine figure box office return you know hope that it did a few short years ago like i think zombies are not necessarily in vogue anymore yeah. i'm so excited for the movie but like a trilogy is such a gamble and i just don't know yeah, i just, hope they allocate the resources us, nice give us give us one years later like five. years later yeah 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 give us give us one and why are we skipping uh you know well yeah, why are we skipping months? <laughs> why, can, can oh. we, like, uh, yeah, 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 months. Well, yeah, well, I think it lines uh, up with how good. long it's been. Uh, like yeah. A bit, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But no. yeah, I would just be fine. With, I'd be fine with one movie and all right. Yeah, uh, um, we'll see. After teasing you guys on this other story, may as well get right into it next. Um, this next <laughs> article is uh, David Gordon Green uh, has now exited the sequel to his Exorcist movie from last year. Um, so this next one was The Exorcist Deceiver. He is no longer in the director's chair. I guess the movie's still going forward. Is that still right? It's not been canned uh, completely? It's, it's going forward, but they undated it. They took it off the oh, calendars. Okay. It, it was supposed to come That's out. It was supposed to come out. April 18th, 2025, and they uh, replaced it with the um, Michael Jackson biopic that's being directed by Antoine Fuqua. Um, it's like, okay. That's actually a Lions, that's actually a Lionsgate movie, but Universal is handling the international release, so that's why they gave it that date. Um, now, this I've, they politely in the trade said that it's because David Gordon Green is very busy doing 
Bullshit. his movie uh, Nutcrackers with Ben Stiller, and also working on season four of HBO's The Righteous Gemstones. But s- smart people uh, will yeah. probably <laughs> will probably understand that Exorcist Deceiver or a Believer got a twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it wasn't it was a box office catastrophe. Um, yeah. It made sixty five million dollars domestically, one hundred thirty six point two million globally. Now you're thinking like, hey, it only costs thirty million dollars to make, but they okay, bought some rights. They bought yeah. the rights for four hundred million dollars. Right. Um, so they need to think of a long term plan on how this is gonna, how that's gonna be worth it in the end. Now keep in mind what they Halloween twenty eighteen opened to like seventy six million dollars. That was the opening weekend. Right. The Exorcist Believer finaled at sixty five here in the states so that can just show you the difference between those two properties i always thought when they bought the extras property i was like it's not gonna perform like halloween they're different yeah like halloween exorcist is one really great movie one sequel that's a fan favorite the third one and then the rest are shit garbage (laughs) you got that tv show you got the tv show that's really good which i wish would have lasted longer but it's not the same and i think they kind of like they, they saw Morgan Creek selling their rights and they were like, oh, let's get it. And we can turn this into the hit like we did with Halloween. And I, I don't want to completely shit on David Gordon Green. There are a lot of people when this news dropped, they were like, well, get rid of it because he ruined Halloween and he ruined The Exorcist. But you know what? In 2018, a lot of us weren't saying that he ruined Halloween. A lot of people, it got good reviews. Yeah, you're right. And, and like it was well received. I like Halloween Kills. Jackson is I've- on... I like it more. Yeah, I liked it more than I saw it in theaters. Like the Michael Muckage is awesome in that movie. And I again I let you guys down. I did not finish the trilogy this year, like I said I would. I still this Halloween. So I can throw some chairs and and (laughs) justify. But I'll I'll give you that. Like 2018's Halloween and a lot of kills is is it's fun. It's good. It's fun. Yes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, I you didn't want to say good. Like, no, I'm not saying But the yeah, last 15 minutes are there's there's goodness <laughs> sprinkled throughout those movies. It's just as a whole yeah. suffers from a lot of things. But you know, he's not complete garbage. I I can't forgive him for what he's done to this exorcist movie, though. I think this is the right move. Love or hate him, he shouldn't be making it. Yeah, and also like uh I wish the concept, their big concept was to like just have like two girls be possessed. And I was like, all right, that you got to give us more than that. And they kind of shoehorned yeah. the person in there. And like, uh, I mean, and when you see them, I mean, you haven't seen it yet, right? I mean, when you no, see the movie, when you see the movie, it's they, it's a travesty what they did to Ellen Burstyn. Just it was just a waste of her time. Oh, I know but, the, I mean, I mean, the 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 line that she has that's infamous about the damn patriarchy. I know what I need to know about her role in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I I I think she they funded one uh, some school that she is a chair. Yeah, exactly. I know why yeah, she so, took it. Good for her. So yeah, there's there's at least that. So I was like, all right. She but, didn't need that movie. She took it and made boy, took advantage that, of it, which is great for her. Well, that movie, uh, yeah, garbage, a pile of stinking garbage. Like, it, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, it'll be on my least favorite list of 2023. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, uh, I but I don't know who can. Uh, a lot of people. I haven't watched the movie yet, and I know you told me to watch it because you said it was good. Someone said they need to pick up the director from When Evil Lurks to do the oh. Exorcist Receiver. Oh. Um, that name oh, got that yes. name got spread around a lot. Uh, okay, when they found that out he wasn't directing it. That is a great so, pairing because that you didn't see it yet. You said that's right. 
No, oh, I actually, I finally, I finally oh. got it at home, and I just haven't watched it yet. But I, I dude, on it. when you're thinking of treating yourself to like a good, you know, scary possessed story, I'm sure that you will not be disappointed. That when Evil Lurks is one of my favorites from 2023. Certainly one of the better yes. horror movies. I think it actually surpassed Talk to Me in my personal list. Oh, but I'll let right, you well, decide. You know, it now was I have fantastic. To watch it now. And uh, I really think that he would be an amazing pairing. I think he could breathe new life into this Exorcist sequel. I would actually love to see that. Yeah, I, I did not um, hear that uh, that that jabber. Yeah, Damien, doing that. Damien Rugna is his name. He also wrote uh, When Evil Works. Yeah, they that name got tossed around. It was people were like quote tweeting the headline of David Gordon Green getting like well not okay. exiting the project, and they're like, please, everybody, Universal, call him right now, <laughs> like get him yeah. to direct your movie because like he's it seems like a perfect fit, and I'll probably maybe feel the same way after I watch it. Like oh, that maybe it should be that guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Like David, see... David Gordon Green was never the right person for it. No, and like I mean I and but it also comes down to the writing. The right the script was horrible too. I mean I. Yeah, I like you said, and this is why we mentioned you don't plan ahead because they planned this trilogy like three movies uh, for this, and the first one was a dumpster fire, and now they got to find a new director to to lead the second planned movie. They got time. I mean, it's supposed to come out. It was. I mean, they got. There's no date anymore, so they have time to right do some creative retooling. And I don't even know if they. I wonder if they'll just reshape what they had planned. Like if if they're not even going to go with like their original ideas for what this trilogy was. I hope was they don't. And, and, just, and just pivot into something new. Pivot, um, pivot, pivot. That's, I think, all that they can yeah. really do right now. Completely, yeah, redesign yeah. The, the idea there. But I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed when I heard it. I mean, I do feel bad for people shitting on him because, I mean, like, you know, 2018, we like Well, him. yeah, play stupid games, <laughs> win stupid prizes. I think, you know, that's part of the, you know, that's part of what you sign on for when you're going to make, you know, art like that so i mean he'll yeah. come back he'll rebound if it's not next year it'll be the year after so whatever True. what's next um well uh as we said the extra deceiver was undated from its release date and another movie that i actually was looking forward to and was on my most anticipative 2024 list i i feel like i can maybe still <sighs> keep it there because i think they might release it before the end of the year but we don't yes. know yet Let's- uh uh, Bong, Bong Joon Ho's uh, Mickey 17, which was his follow up to his Oscar winning Parasite, uh, was supposed to come out uh, on April 12th. Uh, is no longer going to come out on that date. It was pulled from the date. Uh, instead, we're going to get Godzilla. Instead, we got. Oh, actually, uh, actually, you know what? Sorry. Uh, God's, it's going to come out on March 20th. It wasn't going to come out March 20th. And now Godzilla X Kong is going to come out on that date. They moved that up from April 12th uh, to compensate that. for the. Everyone wants that. Uh, they there's a lot of speculation as to why they delayed. It. They said there still needs to be work done on it because of the strikes. Maybe that's what delayed it. Uh, other people are trying to be more hopeful. They maybe they want it's so good that they're saving it for a festival season, which would be okay. which should be fall. Um, so uh, I was pretty bummed when I heard the news. Um, I was really looking forward to it because I really love Parasite and wanted to see what he did next. And you, have uh, you seen many of his other movies? Bong Joon-ho? Actually, I haven't. I've actually only seen Parasite. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, you know I, what I you should like watch here soon? Um, Memories of Murder. It's like his his version of Zodiac, but even though it came out before oh, really? Zodiac. It's from 2003, oh, nice. I believe. One of the finest Korean movies, which is pigeonholing a little bit, it, it, as far as like murder mysteries over the long periods of time subgenres go. Uh, yeah. One of the finest. But the I think that you'd really, really like him. Um, that movie of his. Um, the Host, too, is a more... Uh, conventional monster movie that he made which is great too 
Um, okay, yeah, Bong Joon Ho is the man. I was really disappointed when uh, that was pulled. I, I, I'm a little suspicious why it was just not just given the new release date immediately, and it's kind of ominous right. that it's undated. That that worries me a bit. I like, and I'm hoping and keeping both fingers crossed that it like like what you said that it's they're going to target it for a uh, like awards release in the fall award season release so uh, that would be great i'm as long as it comes out this year whatever that's fine because it's on my list too of top anticipated but yeah Yeah, i didn't even know if i could keep it on my list now i was like oh is it still a 2024 movie or yeah that's something (laughs) we gotta discuss um Uh, what's also annoying is we only have for about a year now we only have the the one image from that movie as marketing and it's that image of robert pattinson upside down on like what looks like an mri machine or something and it's like we give us something give us a teaser remember remember when we only had that one image from killers of the flower moon that was like lily glassstone and leonardo caprio sitting next to each other true yeah grimacing for like i felt like over a year yeah (laughs) before they released other stuff from that uh case people don't know what the well at least the it's based on the novel Mickey seven and uh, they say that uh, it follows uh, Mickey 17, an expendable who is a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize the ice world, uh, Nelfhelm. After one iteration dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. The movie stars Robert Pattinson, uh, Naomi Aki, Stephen Young, Tony Collette, and Mark Ruffalo. That's a really good cast. Oh my people. God, what a cast. And um, we're uh, not getting it until hopefully then, <laughs> hopefully by fall. I hope they date it again soon. Yeah. Um, oh, here's one uh, interested uh, to see. I honestly, I think I overlooked this one earlier. Um, we got a couple news articles here related to the casting of some, uh, some directors, upcoming movies, starting with uh, on the note of Leonardo DiCaprio. This I'm pivoting here. This isn't what I even was going to lead with, but Leonardo DiCaprio, two-time Oscar winner, Sean Penn and Regina Hall uh, are leading Paul Thomas Anderson's next film. And this uh, is his first movie from Licorice Pizza 2021. I think that's his last yeah, one. Yeah, after, after, after Licorice Pizza. Yeah. yeah. And this and this is going to be made with Warner Brothers. So it was like two good news story weeks for Warner Brothers to like get near, to get uh, Tom Cruise uh, uh, on their lot and then yeah. also have a Paul Thomas Anderson project on their that's fantastic. Uh, He's one of my favorite it. directors. Not no, not much is known about it except it's filming in California uh, this year. They said it is the most commercial of his movies to date, and so far the budget is looking like that's a hundred million dollars would be the biggest budget he's worked with. Okay. Um, and but it's a very contemporary story as well. Is that what they're also saying? Um, right. But not, but nothing else is known to that. But I, I love the cast. I mean, like Leonardo DiCaprio and Sean Penn, we know are great. Regina Hall is someone who is really good in comedy and drama. She doesn't get a lot of credit for some of the drama that she does because she's known a lot for like the scary movie movies. And uh, I was struggling uh, to <laughs> think of where I know her from, but yeah, and like right. Girls Trip and like Think Like a Man. She does a lot of those movies, but she also is a solid dramatic actress. A lot of people were shouting her out when this news started. Like, hey, yeah, we already know that, that they're too. that they're good, but like they're really looking forward to like seeing her work with a director that will probably pull a lot mm. out of her and you know you know th- this feels like it when it comes out would be an award season movie if it's good because of the uh, pedigree behind it and this is going to be a big ensemble movie too they said even though these are the three leads that he plans on casting a lot of people in uh smaller on ense- uh, smaller roles yeah. it's supposed to be like a large ensemble film so I wish I knew more about what it was about, but I, I mean, can't wait. I know there's a lot of speculation, at least on like the Instagram posts I follow that um, broke this news. 
I can't remember for the life of me now, like the contents or the the name of the book that people thought this was going to be adapting. And I think the contemporary setting has kind of yeah. debunked that because I think this book that people are speculating he is adapting is not contemporarily set. Story. But I think that could be a red herring. Who knows at this point? Um, I don't know why people seem to think he's adapting this book. Uh, I wish I, I knew either. it, but anyway, we'll see. Um, also, enough. one of those rare directors I think that's ever made a bad movie. Uh, like I didn't love, I like I didn't love Liger's Pizza, but I like I thought it was good. Ooh. So I don't think he's ever, I've never, he's ever made a bad one. Like I love no, Magnolia. Magnolia is like Boogie Nights and Magnolia. I haven't are, seen are Magnolia like, yet. Top, really? Oh man! If it, also, if you want like a great Tom Cruise performance, there you go. Right. <laughs> right yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Boogie Nights and Magnolia. I love this in my like probably in my top mm. Those two nice, movies yeah. are really really good. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though. It's a good cast, and this will be Leonardo DiCaprio's next project after Kills of the Family. I think that's what he's going to work oh, on. Oh, okay, great, great. Awesome. Uh, so that's, that's really cool as well. Um, wish we knew more about the movie, but I know I some know. people were worried about the budget and it being too commercial, but I, I got faith in him. I think it'll Me too. Turn, out, turn out just uh, fine. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, oh, well, I guess I'll go with this. Uh, I'll go with. <laughs> I don't really, there's not much to say about Fast Eleven, uh, right? And we've talked about these movies a lot. And there's the last one had a 350 million dollar budget, but it, uh, as you know, when Jackson was listening, like on one episode, like some of the movies that you know had these big budgets that didn't break even, or you know, that was one of the movies we talked about. It didn't do that well domestically, but I think it made over 700 million dollars because it is still a like, big worldwide right. movie. But um, rumor has it that um, they want them to <laughs> it's still, still go back to basics, <sighs> like more more in line with the first movie. They want to have one big heist or one big race, and they want them to spend $200 million on the movie or less. Okay. And, and even though Vin Diesel teased like, oh, we're going to do like, maybe it's going to be like a two-parter. We're going to do more of these. And there might... Uh, they don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. They don't know if Jason Momoa is coming back because he's expensive. And they want to keep right. the budget down. I heard it's not coming back, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe well, just... that well, which make doesn't make a lick of sense because if you saw Fast Ten, it ended on a cliffhanger. He's that that character, that villain that he played. By the way, the best thing about the movie, right? And he very much alive at the end, uh, and it ends on a really big, explosive, not two hundred million dollar movie cliffhanger. I don't know how they're gonna like do this. If I don't that know. Is true. Yeah, it makes but don't sense. Don't you remember what we talked back. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Fast X when we talked about Fast X when you were, uh, when that movie was coming out, weren't they talking about that trying to go back to basics and uh, it being more in line with like, you know, a little bit more? And it it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) Just so you know, I I mean, I don't see that was their plan, but like, yeah, definitely is not. Um, I think it's a. On the one hand, it makes sense that they need to scale back after the. Definitely, I'm guessing the last the Fast X was a financial loss to some capacity with a budget that sizable yeah and then with um, marketing and all that too yeah yeah like that so it makes sense but just not a good time for the series to scale back especially like with this cliffhanger that they are teasing um i also think it's a little bit late in the game to go back to basics and kind of model your movie after the first one at your 11th main series entry like there's 12 i guess if you include hobbs and shaw yeah. so yeah i don't know I, I don't know either. God, um, just, so, know. just so you know, this is a case of diminishing returns. The it made 146 million dollars 
domestically, which is way off from what they've been grossing. Yeah. And then $704 million worldwide, which kind of softened the blow a little bit. But still, when you're... It should have been a billion dollar big, movie easily. Yeah. And it's there was also... Pla- not- we don't know anymore, too. There was plans for, like, The Rock Hobbs to have his own little spinoff Fast movie again because they did tease him at the end of Fast uh, yeah. Fast 10 and they also teased the return of Gal Gadot in Fast 10. I don't know how they're going to decide who's worthy of coming back uh, if they want to keep the budget down. I think Jason <sighs> Momoa probably would be a casualty and that's a shame because he was the best thing about yeah. the last movie. He was the only one having fun. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I like I said, like you said, I don't think uh, it's too late to go back to basics now. I, get, I, I, I don't know if we'll ever see the end of this series. <laughs> I think this is going to go forever <laughs> at this point. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. yeah, you might be right. Yeah. And, um, and I guess, uh, do we have one more? Um, I, we do. What well, depends on what you want it to be. Oh, okay. I'll let you do it. Do okay. I was just saying, <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of things. Just, um, I'll just, I'll choose yeah. this one randomly. Um, fans of X and Pearl and even me oh, yeah. in general as an actress who is definitely, I think it's safe to say she's, she's been on the rise for a few years now. I think she's still riding that high, but uh, if you, in case you haven't heard this week, she's being sued. And similarly, the studio, I believe it's a 24 is also being sued by an extra that claims she intentionally kicked him in the head uh, during yeah. the filming of a scene uh, uh, while they're filming Maxine, which is slated to come out later this year. It's a prequel to X and Pearl from 2022. Um, yeah. And it doesn't, it sounds kind of nasty. Uh, I, he alleged that uh, he was kind of bullied off the set and then asked not to return the following day for filming. And I think he's suing for uh, assault and wrongful termination. If I read all that correctly. Yeah, so that's that's uh, not good news for them. Not, not good news. His name is James Hunter. He's a background actor. Uh, the lawsuit says that he laid in the dirt for several hours, enduring ants and mosquitoes during a scene in which Goth was supposed to step over him. After a few takes playing a dead parishioner, he alleges Goth was warned about being nearly stepping on him. The filing on the Superior Court of California County, Los Angeles states, in the following take, defendant Goth intentionally kicked plaintiff in his head with her boot. The kick in the head caused plaintiff to immediately experience headache and stiffness in his neck. Hunter says he reported the incident and was told filming would, would continue. Following the shoot ending, he alleges Goth laughed at him in the bathroom and after removing his costume, left for the day. He claims the next day he was banned from the film set and was uh, diagnosed a few days later with a concussion uh, at a hospital in California. Huh. Uh, he says that he has continued to suffer symptoms of head trauma, including disorientation, vertigo, migraines, nightmares, and severe emotional distress okay um <laughs> i'm not trying to discount like, i don't know if this is even real or not but like yeah, I don't know. I was like, if, if this is real that's they, horrible they always they always pi- not, they always pile it on when well, they yeah, someone. <laughs> i i know and like he very well might be experiencing those things i have no idea like i don't know if i even like bother to lean into either side of this this is complete like you know just hearsay at this point but like until you said severe emotional distress, there'd already been like <laughs> six different things. Okay. Uh, that's the first I'd heard of that exact. So that caught me off guard, but hopefully not true. I mean, it would be shameful for some extra to randomly make up this, you know, tarnishing story for an up and coming, you know, superstar. But if true, yeah. not good. Shame not on good. her. 
when I've heard the story, I was like, hey, nah, I don't think it's true. But then I was like, you know, looking at her, not to like make assumptions on, you know, because she seems right. like she could be wild. She could be wild. Um, I was she like, I would be so surprised. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't tell. And like, I. But fame she has, does something to people. And I, I don't think she said anything uh, yet uh, regarding said allegations. Uh, that will be telling if she just says it's frivolous bullshit or if she makes uh, an apology. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, and that is not the Maxine news that we wanted to hear. We wanted a no. trailer. We didn't, we didn't want uh, we didn't want Mia Goff kicking someone in the head. Allegedly, no, uh, that's not not nearly as fun. As, Will that uh, take make it into the final cut? Stay tuned. Uh, whenever this movie drops, I, probably not. Exactly. <laughs> and I um I you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna mention uh the the, scr- the scream story only because I said I would shout out uh, a page called Critical Overlord who is always okay. really right with scream with scream uh with scream dirt uh basically okay. oh yes uh, yes uh so as you know uh we've we've read it down already there's a lot going on the stream most of our got fired for sharing uh uh social media posts about the israeli palestinian conflict and then jenna ortega uh departed the movie the next day citing schedule conflicts but then it was reported that she wanted more money and spyglass mm-hmm. want to give her more money uh christopher landon also left as director saying that it was his dream job that turned to a nightmare but in the mix of all this, they've been still trying to get uh, Neff Campbell back. Um, and she uh, was at a BAFTA event where she said, these movies mean a lot to us and they mean a lot to fans. I go to these conventions sometimes and I meet the fans and they're frantic about these films. They love them. This means a lot to them and these characters mean a lot to them. So even for their sake, I would love to see it continue. And then they asked her to basically kind of comment on, uh, hey, like, you know, are, are you paying attention to what's going on with uh, currently with the franchise? And she said, I know things are spinning at the moment. I would imagine they are spinning at the top, trying to figure out what they're going to do. I would not be surprised to get the call, but at the same time, I made a strong statement a few years ago, which is I did not believe that the way that I was treated would have happened if I had been male and that I deserve a certain thing for having carried this franchise for as long as I have. And she also says, I just want them to do the right thing. Now, some people were like, younger fans are upset because they think the right thing for her is like she wants more money and they think that she doesn't care about what happened with Melissa Barrera and all that stuff. Uh, right. Um, but critical overlord on Twitter has not been wrong about a lot of scream scoop. And he says uh, with pretty good authority that one of the things that she wants spyglass to get right is to meet with Marissa Barrera again and make that situation right. Other okay. than just, making her uh adding her back into the mix um you know i i think we talked about this before like the franchise is in such disarray now that i (laughs) don't really want want it the way it is now not the Um, way it is now no but i part of me which is i kind of wants neff campbell just to stay away from it because it feels like it's a sinking ship but it but if if they can make it right, if they can like have a come to Jesus moment with Melissa Barrera and then have like a, another come to Jesus moment about paying Dev Campbell or worth, and then maybe right. Jordan Ortega comes back because she's not as busy or they pay her her worth. Yeah. Maybe I could, maybe I could see it, but there's so many variables that I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know one way or another, <laughs> like what to put my stock in as to what will actually happen. I'll just end by saying it's a shame. It will be a shame if the studio allows their desire to keep these movies smaller budgeted to, to lose out on what could be the end of a 
great series if they get, pump out another movie, especially with this cast. And it, it'll be like an impossible feat at this point with where the series is at. But if they can somehow bring it together and get everyone singing Kumbaya and yeah. make another movie, then all the power to them. I hope that's what happens. Like, so that scream doesn't go out on this note, but uh, I yeah. don't know that I'm that optimistic about that happening from what we've heard about from the producers. I don't remember his name. But the yeah. one that's like, we don't need them to be expensive. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. I forgot his name too. Whatever. He is the head of Spyglass media group that they have, they own the rights. So he's the one being cheap, I guess, <laughs> not yeah. willing to pay. Well, these girls what they're worth but yeah but yeah franchise still in limbo but um they wanted to point that out because uh some of the younger fans are like kind of attacking Nev campbell like this is the most toxic fandom i thought like star wars and marvel was bad but like the screen <laughs> okay. fans are pretty pretty bad uh when they don't get attacking nev campbell like i thought yeah, she'd be the one like, that they, they would she, idolize that, well they think that she only cares about herself right now like you know about you know getting okay. her worth and all that and they're like you should have stood with melissa when they fired her and like blah 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 but they own the, like they have no idea what these people are doing behind the scenes like yeah i don't no. think nev Camp nev cable doesn't seem like someone that's like well screw her i'm just gonna sign on to this product no. anyway because like if she sees how they treat someone unfairly she's like well they do this they, they already did it to her they already treated her unfairly so like she knows and she's fully aware so yeah i think that is uh the case with that but again the franchise is still in limbo definitely uh, unfortunately <laughs> so i um, want to throw that in there yeah, definitely glad we did. Uh, I guess that would bring us last but not least to box office. So we predicted Mean Girls last week, and we did. I guess we got to find out how we did. Let's see our numbers here. Well, you would went. I don't know the numbers yet. I know you have those. It was tracking uh, yeah, at twenty-seven. I, I I know the numbers, and I don't know who to call the winner on this because it's. Uh, I'll let you decide because it's okay. Also, let's yeah. see because I know our font just before you get to the numbers. Um, tracking increase. I remember you messaging me throughout the week. It had. It was tracking at 27 million, and then it was increased to 30. To 30, yeah. Which is what uh, I guessed. So you we both guessed above guessed. the original tracking. Okay. But how did it um, actually do? The three-day total was 28.6 million dollars. And you would go four I did the four-day total counting the uh the Martin Luther King holiday is 33.2 million dollars. So I mean okay. Uh, I can it's, say we're both right. <laughs> I can. I would. I, I. I'm. I'm cool with calling it a draw. Yeah. And we we both get this one. Uh, or if you're like, hey, no, you. We said four day proper. Like eh, no, because I feel like if I were in either shoes, I would. <laughs> I would want to be the right one. I think like, that's impossible. Like, yeah. All no, right. I think that right, makes so, sense for both of us. All right. So we will officially draw it. So week one, we both got one. Both get it right. Nice. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to keep a score we're, over the year. We're, yeah, we're going to keep a tally. Yeah. We're going to keep, yeah, we're gonna keep a tally okay. throughout the box office year. Uh, the good news for that movie is, yeah, a $33.2 million uh, four-day uh, opening weekend. Uh, okay. $36, million, $36 million budget. Um, they hid the fact that it was a musical. It worked. Uh, they said they said seventy five percent of the audience knew it was before they went to go buy a ticket, but the other sixteen percent know that. Uh, Paramount said they they I don't know how they they, pulled, they said that they like no, you didn't. people, and that sixteen percent said that they didn't know and they were disappointed that it was a musical. Uh, there are some funny videos online with people filming the movie, which you shouldn't do on your phone, right? But uh, but filming it and being like when they burst in the song early in the movie, being like, oh, what the hell? Like, uh, we didn't know it was gonna be a musical. Um, but it works, it works, and we have our first big 
uh, hit of the year. I, I kind of wonder if it's going to reach. I think the first, the original movie made $84 million domestic. Um, yeah. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about what the movie will hold in week two. But overall, that is uh, really good news. Also good news for the beekeeper, $16 million opening weekend, $19 million four day. I didn't think that was going to do well at all. Okay. Good, good for you, Jason Statham. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I can really say on that. And uh, and then Wonka continued to hold well. It officially passed $500 million worldwide. Um, so okay. that is a big hit for Tim- Timothy Chalamet. And um, just to get other people's uh, box office predictions, David Park said 23, or my friend David, $23 million for Mean Girls. Uh, Scarlett Ascara, 666, $35 million. So she was pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Darren, Darren, Darren Movie Reviews, $35 million. Uh, Merck with the movie is $32 million domestic on the nose. So he was pretty. Atta boy. Uh, uh, Drew Review, 77, $28 million. Uh, George Ken, $20 million. And I think I have a couple more. Uh, movies with uh, Mr. Mario, he played it safe with thirty to thirty-five million dollars. Ah, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was our our last uh, people that uh, nice. threw in their predictions as well. Thank you um, for doing that, guys. Yeah, that's really cool. And we we were gonna I'm gonna make it a point to keep doing that so like more of you will do right. it and make it consistent. So um, weekend two because there's nothing really coming out this weekend. So we're right. gonna do we're gonna do Mean Girls again. Um. As impressive as the opening weekend is, there's a lot of factors in here. Yeah, people who saw it this weekend, some didn't know it was going to be a musical, and right. maybe that turned them off. There's also a big, I think, for people that knew it was, a big kind of fan rush to go see it opening weekend. I right. saw it at a screening. It was actually really good. It was pretty funny. Okay. And uh, then the music's not... Some of the music doesn't hit, but some of it is pretty good. I, I, you know, they, this is supposed to go straight to streaming, and they... Uh, oh. Changed their mind at the last minute after a positive test screening, so they're probably really happy they, they imagine, released this yeah. theatrically. Um, but I can also see this being very front loaded and mm. uh, and dropping, and most movies drop a bit after a holiday weekend, right? Um, so what do you think in weekend two? Uh, this movie is going to gross. See, okay, um, I, this is the first time we've, I've ever had to guess a second week. I don't know what a normal drop would be considering all the vi- variables here. Um, so I guess I'm going to randomly put out a number that's going to more than likely be incredibly off and go with. Well, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to know how much it, it might not be fair, but do you want to know what Mean Girls dropped in 2004? Like when that, in its second. I movie. mean, I don't even know if it, I think that's going to have any bearing. On it might even be, com- it, yeah, it might even be, yeah, it might even be comparable. You're right. Cause they're um, completely different. Um, but to throw it at you, it dropped, it dropped 44%. to 44. It opened, tw- it dropped, it opened to $24.4 million and okay. uh, grows 13, 13.6 million in its second weekend. Okay. I, I, I don't, part of me wants to think that's going to drop, significantly because uh it's front loaded but then also there's not much else releasing so like that might give people that didn't lots of people don't go see movies opening weekend so that'll give audiences yeah. a chance to go catch it so i think it's gonna rake in somewhere around i'm gonna say 18 million all right i'm gonna go a little Second lower weekend. than you okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 16 okay that's still, okay. still i don't still, feel as still, bad still about big, my guess it's, it's in the ballpark. Though, i mean 
Yeah, it's still okay. a big hit too. Like we we needed one right now because Night Swim dropped sixty percent in its second weekend. Guys. Jesus, good. Uh, couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't drop lower. That movie belongs in the deep end. You're you're like couldn't you're not, happen to a better movie. <laughs> no, exactly. You did. You still haven't ended up seeing it. Eh? I still haven't seen it. No. Uh, well, I'm I, now I'm scared because really it's not worth my time. <laughs> it's it's really not honestly. If I would tell advise you to stay away from it, I don't know. Do with that information what you will. You could definitely spend that time watching a better movie. Than <laughs> I'd watch the short like twenty times to make up the length of the runtime. The length of that one movie. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. All right. So sixteen million right. and eighteen million. We will tune in next week and see how Mean Girls dropped and see who was winning. I guess that'll be our second uh, box office of the year. Yeah, and our second time do or our first time doing this for a second weekend. Yeah, so. hopefully it doesn't happen that well, often. It's nice when there's yeah. New I would rather I would rather have yeah. new releases. Uh, you know, this but is just a, a consequence of how mo- movies got pushed back and delayed and switched around. So right, uh, January and early February are going to be pretty rough. I, uh, but yeah, uh, all right. Forward to it. I'm actually and I'm glad this movie did well too. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. We we really needed it too, and. Uh, I think it kind of rode a little bit of that Barbie wave too. I think that kind of like the, the marketing was very similar. It got a lot of girls to go mm-hmm. um, lean into your demographic. Kinda, That's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Clean yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how long you can hide. I mean, I, wicked comes out this year they can't hide that that's a musical. Uh, no, <laughs> so yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know how long they are going to hide that. These movies are actually like full blown musicals. Just and embrace it. Bait and switch marketing is yeah. ridiculous. All right, well, I All guess right, that's episode that 144. Episode yes. 144, right? Attaboy. Yeah, so uh thank you, thank you for joining us for episode 144. We went through a lot of <laughs> news today, and even though we want to keep it like relatively short, I still think we did pretty good considering all the stuff that we had to talk about right. uh, today. And I think we got through all of it except for something about Selena Gomez, but maybe we'll bring it up later uh exactly <laughs> in, a, in a future episode. Uh, but uh thank you guys for listening. Uh we have a a few more uh, great episodes planned for you. Uh, right after we hop off of this one, we're actually going to be recording uh, our most anticipated uh, for 2024. But also, it's Jax's one-year anniversary uh, episode as well. So we're going to be doing that and putting all the attention on him. That's what he wants. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing that one very shortly. And then we also have a really good physical media episode that we're really excited about doing that we're going to be recording next week. That's kind of going to be more of a maybe like interview style. Uh, that'll be really fun to dive into, especially in the current state of physical media. We had one uh, at the end of uh, 2022 before Jackson was a regular mm-hmm. and uh, physical media was in a rough spot then. And it seems like it's in a really interesting place now with stuff like Oppenheimer selling well, but then Best Buy not selling physical media anymore. So Lots it'll be really there. It'll be really cool to pick uh their brain uh and their thoughts on that. And then we also have our first anniversary episode uh for varsity blues that will be recording on the 29th. So you have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, if you want to continue to listen to us, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods. But we have to shout out uh Playlist Studios because they are our podcast network and they have their very own app that you can get in the Google Play Store, or if you're like most of us with Apple iPhones, please go to the iOS Store and get uh, Playlist Studio app. Um, they have other great shows on their platform as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, buddy. We got through a really packed new show, our yes. first big new show of the year. I think well we did done. really well. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for keeping up, Jackson. Thank you for also allowing me to keep up with you. <laughs> and I will. And I will see you uh, shortly. Yeah. See you in the next episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.